0: Welcome to College Unbound, the weekly podcast by Focus Collegiate, dedicated to diverse learning in the college environment. Thank you for joining us. I'm Jane Taylor, here with Focus Collegiate founder Grant Liebersberger. When we spoke last time, we introduced the intentional change theory and it made me wonder about what you did grant in terms of your relationship with students before you integrated the intentional change theory into your work what was your process and why did you change
1: so my career working with young adults strings back all the way back to uh, when I worked in uh, wilderness therapy with young adults in the mid 90s and what we found which is highly different from working with adolescents is that you know young adults are really trying to exert their independence in the change that they're trying to make and so they're less willing shall we say, to use cookie-cutter approaches or prescriptions that they feel are beneath them or they've utilized before. And so when thinking about applying to yet more independent settings, there had to be something very novel about the approach that students had not seen before. And uh, as a clinician in mental health institutions, I've spent, and when I say institutions, I mean working with young adults with mood disorders and, you know, helping them get back after a college failure, we found that there was a lot of therapeutic interventions that um, that, that we would rely on for change. And I think that's great to increase somebody's self-awareness through talking, but I also <laughs> believe in walking and getting out of yeah. your head. And so coming up with a model or utilizing a model that was action-oriented um, instead of fully reflective was important for for me. And when we founded Mansfield Hall, we worked on yet another model uh, called motivational interviewing and collaborative and proactive solutions. And again, those were good and still a little bit prescriptive in the methodology Mm -hmm. and something that maybe students had already seen before. And so When I was thinking about founding Focus Collegiate and coming up with a really novel idea, I began the process of identifying what I called the purpose-driven student-led inquiry. And if you think about the language that I was utilizing there and trying to come up with a prescription for something that was novel for young adults to join in with, uh, you'll find that that language is already embedded in the intentional change theory. And it dawned on me one day, wait a minute, what has been happening at Case since I, with the intentional change theory since I left? And as I went to my re-exploration, they had done all of this uh, MRIs and neuroscience on the model. And so it was what I had developed in my brain and was attempting to launch had already been done. So, (laughs) So like most good entrepreneurs, I stole it. Uh, <laughs> or at least, <laughs> or, or at least utilized it uh, in, in a way that had application. And, and the intentional change theory, you're right, has application across global, organizational, executive, like it can be applied on a lot of different levels. And certainly I've studied it on a lot of different levels in, in sustained and di- desirable change in government and in uh, corporate Organizations, but turns out that this model works pretty darn well with young adults um, because it is student centered, it's relationship focused. It, um, it's not anything like the student has seen before. So there has to be a significant amount of education prior to this, which is the student buy-in part that we've talked about is, you know, this is, this is not what you've seen before. This is a model that's gonna treat you like a young adult. This is about you, not about us or the process or the intervention, having it being student-centered at its core. And at the same time, it doesn't take no for an answer. Because it's upon the student to reflect on their own performance. And if a student is unwilling to do so, then, you know, that's a different conversation. But, uh, but the beauty of this is that it's, it's a dance between, you know, our team and the student and the student and their own self-determination to become a young adult. We're just, mm-hmm. we're again, just the trusting resonant relationship that is propelling them along the process.
0: Rather than thinking of it as a theft, stealing, intentional change theory, I think it's more of an activation of intentional change theory.
1: <laughs> well, but we'll call it a oh. utilization.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: The, the beauty of the Focus Collegiate model, at least our in-person model, and, and some level the virtual model is that we are figuratively yeah. and literally meeting the students where they're at. And so figuratively, we're meeting them where they're at in terms of their own self-assessment capabilities. Literally, we are going to their dorms or we are going getting in front of them. And so the opportunities for us to have walking meetings or uh, biking meetings or having a student mm. having to travel to a park or something and getting, out, getting them out of their bubble is pretty important. I I know that for our team, uh, being able to not just sit in an office all day and talk is important to them and important to our students. I think, you know, especially in the universe of COVID-19 and all the technology that we've had to employ, it's really easy to isolate, physically isolate, and be detached Mm -hmm. from the outdoors (laughs) or, you know, what's going on outside of your dorm or apartment. Most of the time, if a student is stuck, we figure out a different way of going in through the window, as we say, instead of through the front door with the student. And so, and oftentimes that is doing something physical with them. For some students, that's all they need. They just needed someone to metaphorically and literally walk the journey with them they just needed a trusting resident person to be able to do something with for a very short period of time that was physical maybe not academic um, that was out of the box and maybe that's all they needed and part of what we try to do in our organization is be responsive to the student needs and what they're telling us not necessarily what we think the desired outcome is because again, we're meeting students where they're at, and then they will handle it from there in terms of their own success.
0: Mm-hmm. It ties in again to self-assessment skills. When we spoke last week, you said something about NEA, and I thought, ooh, here we go. This is exciting. <laughs> tell, me about, tell me what that means and how, how it works.
1: Sure. Sure. The neuroscience of the intentional change theory is based on a couple of core principles that kind of evolve out of the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. What we are trying to activate is the parasympathetic nervous system because those are the neurotransmitters or at least the area of the brain that keeps one open and accepting versus the sympathetic nervous system, which is more task oriented and or judgment oriented you either did do it or you didn't do it it's also the sympathetic nervous system is activated in the fight or flight so again it's about self protection and what we know from self protection techniques is that they're not necessarily as uh, efficacy oriented as being open to change right if, if mm. you're if you're if you're not if you're self protecting you're not necessarily growing and so the, perp- the the way that you activate the parasympath- parasympathetic nervous system is by infusing as much PEA as we uh, as needed in order to do so. And PEA stands for positive emotional attractors. There's some neuroscience, and certainly you know again embedded in the intentional change theory, that talks about the number of PEA cycles that are required to combat or overcome a one NEA cycle or negative emotional attractor. And so so the basis of someone being open to sustained and desired change is only as good as the trusting and resonant relationship and the capacity of the person to have as much PEA Uh, it's possible to have too much PEA because then we can be living in a dream world that has no consequences or reality Mm -hmm. based to it. So there has to be a dance between the two. Um, But in order to activate the areas of the brain that are going to be open to change, there has to be a more positive ratio on the PEA side versus the NEA side.
0: That's really cool. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, the MRIs tell you a lot, I guess, uh, when you're getting the evidence for for using this application.
0: Are these concepts new within the last 10 years?
1: Uh, Richard has been developing this model for the last 40, and uh, it, I, I like his original definition for it, which was the self-directed learning model, which mm-hmm. harkens back to my undergraduate school when I uh, when I studied experiential education, and um, again, this, the the self direction piece of this is the goal. And so, but PEAs and NEAs, I, I don't know exactly when they came into the in, in, into the process, but uh, I suspect it's it, it wasn't forty years ago, uh, but I think it was probably in the nineties that uh, mm-hmm. that these concepts and and the aughts um, when these concepts started to percolate.
0: Tell me what a positive emotional attractor looks like in terms of a diverse learner in college.
1: So the PEA requires that um, that that we're not talking about improvement needs. In order to stay in the PEA, you have to stay focused on the vision and coaching towards vision. And we don't use the word coaching because we're far more comprehensive than being a coach, but for lack of a better word, coaching towards vision is a PEA activity. Coaching Mm -hmm. towards what an identified improvement need is, is an NEA activity. Although you have to try to resolve the strengths and gaps and learning agenda, it's far more important to pivot towards what a student's ideal self or vision for their future looks like in order to generate a shift in their behavior or perspective, and then again, that's more PEA than NEA. Although you sprinkle some NEA in there as well, but uh, but the, but we know again from the neuroscience that staying in the PEA is one of the core constructs for achieving this change that ostensibly students are able to articulate from the beginning.
0: How does the team? encourage a student to pivot if they're thinking about a negative emotional attractor? Let's say they're thinking, I'm so bad at um, algebra or physics or something. How does the pivot take place? Yeah,
1: interesting. Well, right. I just bombed a midterm. I'm terrible, right? I'm never going to survive college. I think (laughs) it's more of what we hear, especially this time of year in October. Um, And so our our goal as a team would be to acknowledge the reality of what just happened and also say, okay, so this is your setback, but what's your vision again for the future? What do you want to be? What do you want to, and how do we, how do we take this new information and still reach and try to get to where you want to be? Hmm. So, so again, you're not focusing on the failure. You're focusing on, The future, and again, that's a PEA activity. So, so again, we are. We'll we'll give some homage to the reality, but then quickly pivot uh, or try to get the student to pivot towards their vision again. On some level, with our students, we're that pivot is a concept called psychological flexibility and mm. we and and we we use that sometimes to determine how well a student will be able to bounce back from a challenge and are they building resiliency because the resiliency one of the cores of resiliency is this psychological flexibility
0: mm. and
1: one of the other tools we use maybe a little less overt than the Um, then the intentional change theory is another concept, maybe for another day, uh, that we called ACT or acceptance and commitment. It has its grounding in, again, more therapeutic interventions. But again, we find it very helpful in addressing students in their time of challenge. And Mm -hmm. by, by utilizing the acceptance and commitment theory, that is in itself an expression of pivoting from NEA to PEA.
0: I think that those positive emotional attractors and negative emotional attractors are relatable and analogous to our lives, even outside of focus collegiate, outside of the college environment.
1: Well, agreed. And that's why we also say that our goal is to guide students towards independence using college as a metaphor for life. And mm-hmm. the skills that our students are learning in college have, of course, a serious applicability <laughs> in life in general. And most young people who attended college will probably generally say, I learned about how to do life in college. And so, you know, we're here to help the student build skills in the resiliency and self-advocacy departments, another podcast maybe, um, that yeah. will that will serve them throughout their lives.
0: Thanks again. How nice to spend this time with you. Thanks again, Jane. Appreciate it. All right. Take care.
1: Take care.